Hey everyone and welcome to the Ninja Teacher Podcast where we talk about life and teaching English abroad, specifically in Vietnam where we are based. And today we have a really cool podcast because we talk to three of our TESOL program alumni. So they have come through our program to start teaching English in Vietnam. And specifically in this episode, we talk to them about everything to do with teaching. They've been in Vietnam for about three months now and they all have jobs. And this first half of the podcast that's coming out in a two-part series is going to be mostly them talking about their jobs, their experiences with different schools, how it was like finding a job. And after that, uh, the second part will be going more into the lifestyle part of things so stay tuned for that second episode in this two-part series but without further ado let's get into the podcast okay so welcome to the podcast video podcast for those listening i guess it'll be audio only and we're joined today by three of our tesla program alumni and it's really nice to have some of our alumni here to talk to us about how things are going in Vietnam. So I think we can just start with going around and introducing yourselves. Just say your name and where you're from. Okay, my name is Ari. I'm from Scotland, Glasgow. I've been here for almost, I want to say five, four or five months now. Yep, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, my name is Ruby. I'm from Australia, uh, Byron Bay. And yeah, same as, hasn't it only been just I like three been, months? No, I thought what? it was longer than that. What? It feels like it's been... It's only three. three. I swear yeah. I feel like it's been four. So I came two weeks before. Oh, oh so maybe a little bit more like four maybe. But yeah, four months. But yeah, because yeah. I just got my three months visa like two weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. renewed it. So I renewed mine same. a week yeah. after. Three <laughs> <laughs> month mark. Yeah. Nice. You want me to go? Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I am Anna and I'm from Canada and I've been here for about three months. Just over, yeah. Cool, and we've also got Steph here today. So if you saw the last video or podcast, we interviewed Steph. Thought that was really, a really nice one with Steph showing her experience. But I think this will be great because we can chat to you all about your experiences of first arriving, getting settled in. So with that in mind, um, first of all, actually, what made you want to come to Vietnam? I went on a trip to Thailand in August. And I met a few people there that actually teach here and I was trying to find a way to actually travel and work and they were just telling me this was the best way to do it. So that was pretty much the start. Yeah, I have always wanted to travel and work at the same time, like be able to be in a different country, get amongst the culture and, you know, know the locals and have like a spot and be like, oh yeah, I lived in this country and I wasn't just visiting and I wasn't just a tourist. Um, and I was, uh, was always a dancer, so I've been dancing since I was three, went to university, thought maybe like that was my career and like that's how I would travel, but then just kind of like, um, wasn't really what I, like I was also a dance teacher as well and I really loved teaching and then I broke my neck last year and that kind of gave me a lot of time to sit back in my neck brace for three and a half months to think about what my next move was. Um, 
and I had friends that had gone to South Korea and Thailand and done the same thing and gone and done teaching, uh, you know, ESL teaching. And even one of my mum's friends' partners had like a little, uh, quit his job, moved over to Vietnam and said it was the best decision he's ever done and started teaching here and he's was been here for six months and said it's the best country. And just mm -hmm. everyone I've met is always just like, Vietnam is amazing, it's amazing. So I just started researching like, okay, well I want to teach overseas, where? And then just everything was kind of pointing for me to Vietnam, just the low living um, spending and the pretty decent wage. And, I, and always, you know, like I adore Vietnamese food. So <laughs> I was like, well this kind of sounds like the yeah. best of both yeah. worlds. And also any Vietnamese people I've ever come into contact with have just been so lovely and giving. And yeah, that's all definitely true mm -hmm. since coming here. Mm -hmm. so it's been, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I agree. Kind of a similar story as Ari as well. Um, I actually went to Vietnam in December of 2018, my first ever backpacking experience. And um, I went to Hanoi, um, South Korea, and Thailand. And I think like between the three, um, Vietnam was probably my favorite and um, I met a lot of um, ESL teachers as well that said you know if you're thinking of doing it it's definitely a really good country to start out with because um, it's the market here is so vast and um, so I was like you know what maybe I should try it because back in my early 20s I really wanted to be an ESL teacher I just never got around to it because I dove into full-time work right away so um, yeah I just thought you know what let's do it I'm almost 30, let's do it. <laughs> so um, that's why I'm here and um, I just thought the worst thing that could happen is I won't like it and I could just go back, but no means of coming back at all because I think it was one of the best like life decision I've ever made. Um, I've never done any teaching before this, but I think for anyone who's thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do it, um, yeah, the TEFL, TESOL course really did help and it kind of just preps you to kind of um, know the basics and um, just just do it. I would say before the TELSO program I felt very very unprepared um, but it does really equip you to really kind of just know the basics and then I think the rest you just never know it's inevitable in anything I don't know each um, language center I feel like is very very different in their own way so um, that's kind of up to you to kind of just um, do it the way you would because every English teacher is you know, they have their own styles, Definitely. so um, that's, that's kind of why I'm here and I'm doing it. Nice. And you have to get those foundations down, right? Yeah. Otherwise, if you, if you don't understand those basic principles, then you can't learn on top of that. And I think for a lot of people, especially if you haven't taught before, you're not going to be able to take any <coughs> theory. You're right there, Steph. <laughs> you can step out if you need to. Yeah, I think um, if anyone has um, that basic foundation of, first of all, just getting up in front of a class, learning the skills, then you can start applying those to how different schools run their, their course, their uh, schools, basically. Because I would say, too, um, talking with um, English teachers from different uh, companies or schools, um, and we talk about lesson planning and how it goes and how it is and even the curriculum, it's all quite different. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but even the way where I work, it's, it's ran so differently. So I think that to have a TESOL program where it, it teaches you everything, I don't think is possible 
because there's so many different things. And so for me, I know that if I ever work for a different company, there's also a learning curve that comes with that because it's a different environment, it's a different curriculum, it's a different way of running things. Yeah, and most schools normally have some kind of training yeah. before, so did you have that uh, at your job? Yeah. 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 Every job I, has Every that. job. I didn't have training for mine, no. You didn't? No, no. they threw me right into it, yeah. Oh, wow. But then they also, they still, they have workshops like throughout we had, your we had, Yeah, I've been to two workshops which are really helpful because they're very specific to the books we use which right. helped yeah. me massively because I don't know everybody up, I think a lot of people use that book. And it's very basic on the pages and even like there's a teacher's book which gives you an outline of a lesson plan. Mm -hmm. And it's just, the way it's laid out is not helpful at all. So <laughs> with the workshop, it was literally all Perfect. about it and it helped. Like yeah. I don't lesson plan for that anymore. Right. So yeah. I don't need to and that's the majority of my classes. Yeah. So it's nice. calmed my lesson planning down. That's nice when you have repeated classes and then yeah. you already know. Liam, that's the guy who yeah. for you. What he was saying to me, like the, from VUS, um, he will try and get you to do the workshops before you start working. Yeah. Because I was telling him that, oh yeah, I know Ari, she just started working with you and she's like, awesome. And he's like, well actually, she started straight away and she's just doing her training now, but we do try, try and get you to do it before you even start working. So you it were throwing in the deep It wasn't that bad, it wasn't no. at all. It was because... Uh, when we did the course, the TEFL course, it was lesson planning was from scratch. Yeah. Whereas when I was actually teaching, it's a whole book that they give right. you with like an outline of a lesson plan and you just add activities yeah. Yeah. and maybe change it up if you want to. So yeah. it was so much easier. That's nice, yeah. So you got something to build on top of that. Yeah, it makes life so much yeah. easier. Well, I mean, because I just did a summer course with Vasa, so it was only eight weeks, but they just gave me, um, they just threw me, you know, because it's just like a summer course, yeah. only eight weeks. It's not like getting you ready for their full-time yearly course. Um, but it was funny because, yeah, I got, got the job as soon as I went to the interview before I even graduated the Tesla course. And then there was like first, and then I went in to sign the contract like a week before it started. And I'm like, cool, see you Monday. Just like, uh, okay. Like, didn't even show me the school. Like, what do I need? What do I need? Yeah. And they just gave me sort of a, a folder of, because we had three different classes and like different levels and uh, age, age groups. And like, this one is for this class, this one is for this class, and this one is for this class go ahead right. make whatever you want out of that and I was like that's a lot of room to yeah. explore and because I was only native uh, English teacher there so they all each class had their own Vietnamese uh, teacher and then I could just sort of do whatever I wanted with if I had them in the morning or afternoon and there were two and a half to three hour classes oh, so wow. that was like there were long classes and I would have maybe like a bunch of vocabulary words to work off and then say Put them in a group and make a presentation. That was my whole les lesson plan. And so I, I was really doing what we did at Ninja, yeah. creating it from complete scratch, all my own, which is good, but it took a long time. I could not do that. And yeah. not even to get used, because I was kind of like, oh yeah, I know how to do this now, because I'm doing it, you know, for my demo classes and for all my things and for my assessments here. But it was like, I have to do this every day. <laughs> and it was taking me like an hour, like maybe two hours, because I was like, I need new activities. I need different activities for the little ones. I need different activities for the older ones. And obviously I got used to it over time. And I, I needed to plan less for the younger classes because I knew we'd take a lot longer with vocab mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have enough 
like a lot of time for loads of activities, but with my older class, I needed to plan at least like eight different activities. Otherwise we'd be like, we're like, what are we doing next, <laughs> you know? So it was like really trying to gauge how much time to spend lesson planning for each class. And whew, it was, I guess, really good practice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 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 now yeah. going into any job, yeah. I'm going to be like, this is easy. If yeah. I even have a book to go off, I'm going to be like, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> because I was literally going off five vocabulary words. And yeah. I would, you know, message my, you know, the head teacher and be like, oh, um, so what should I do in, you know, when I was first starting and there was no direction, mm -hmm. what should I do in this class? It says do a presentation. Are they working on something with their Vietnamese teachers? Like, oh no, that's just like a guideline. I was like, oh, so they're not working on anything here? <laughs> it was just so no. funny. Like, just do what you want. I was like, I okay. Or what, does it even say what the aim was? Like for yeah. the lesson? No, okay. no. See, that's the thing that, Ours, it's literally, it tells you the aim, it tells you the materials yeah, you want you to use, yeah. it tells you literally a breakdown, what you, what you want to do, a warmer, step one, step two, it's great. So I guess <laughs> if, if you are given more leeway to create your own stuff, it actually means more work mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, right? And some schools will be like that where they do require you to create more of the lesson and even the curriculum, yeah. which I don't think is fair for the teacher, but unless you're getting paid for that. Um, but then some will have much more, um, not rigid, but more uh, planned out syllabus. It's not even that it's rigid, it's just a guideline and you can change it up, you can add things, you can take stuff out as long as you have the end goal and they learn what you, they want the kids to learn or yeah. the students to learn, you're fine. So it's not like if you you can't like for Wall Street, John yeah. works at Wall Street, so he's he has to follow every exactly. single step. I couldn't do that. I'm kind of yeah. in the same realm where I would say mm, sixty percent of it is me following what they want me to mm -hmm. do, but the main thing that I have freedom of doing is the activities of yeah. vocabs, which is pretty much if yeah. I'm doing an hour class, that's only twenty minutes, yeah. and that's nothing. That's mm -hmm. maybe what two three. Activities. It's weird after doing so such long classes. It depends classes. on what kind of teacher you are because if you want more um, freedom to kind mm -hmm. of just delegate it the way you want to, then it's kind of nice to have mm -hmm. that. But for like for me, it's great because I just need to do two, three activities and it's yeah. good to go. But also, it's a bad thing because it's redundancy, right? So um, it could get monotonous, especially if you're doing the same level. Let's say I'm doing. Um, beginner level in all my classes, like I have three beginner classes. Well, they're learning the exact same thing and you see them yeah. two, three times a week. So, But also you could just get really expert, you know. That's you true, just, yeah, that's, that's the positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you just have like a list of activities and you know them really well, you don't yeah. need many materials for them. I think yeah. that's what I've been doing. Just yeah, if it works and it's a different class, yeah. why not use it again, right? Yeah. And there's a few activities yeah. I use for every class, every time, so yeah. it's like a routine. Yeah. No, no, there was it from the workshop. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Some from Ninja. No, I, I mean, obviously, I've yeah. used all my Ninja. I mean, and creating my own. I'm like, yeah. how can I change this? All my classes, no one, two, three eyes on me. Every single class. Yes. I use that for every single yeah, class. Yeah, I use I, every time. Yeah, I went through like every single attention getting signal yeah. like, with all my classes. Mm -hmm. I was like, which one works best? And, which one um, do you prefer? Yeah. I, 
well, I started off, I really, in all my demo classes, I was doing like the hand on nose, but it does not work because if you're quiet and they're noisy, they are not actually even looking at you. They're not, with my older class, it can, can work. Young class, not at all. They're drawing, they're drawing, their heads are down. They're not even looking at you. They're not even noticing if someone's quiet or not. And like maybe five of the girls mm. that you know adore me will be like sitting there perfectly. I love but the, girls, the, the 20, girls. the yeah. twenty other students are just like ah because I was teaching around twenty two students, so it just wow. like that being silent did not work. Wow. So then I tried like the clapping, that and then work. They, they didn't like realize that they had to return the clap even yeah. though I went over it like a bunch of I had times. a class to start the but yeah well, no okay. and uh, one two three eyes on me that's like the, once I teach them sure. yeah, yeah I actually I was like Kyle yeah that does yeah. really yeah. work yeah. it worked on us I'm sure it was on exactly I have just countdown yeah. Oh, that one. Really well, the younger ones, they get scared. Especially, They're just like, especially yeah. Yeah. actually, I went through both of those, and if I was really mad, I was like, I only gave them three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have three seconds. Yeah. Do you find that you're running out of activity ideas now that you've exhausted some of them, or do you just? research online and find I others. just do some research yeah, yeah. I do research is, you can do the exact same activity but because your topics are different you it can works. kind of alter it a little bit so mm. and also kids like when they know What's what you're going. doing right. so it's yeah. less things for you to not do but to explain you as a teacher because it. obviously teacher talk time you don't right? have to do as long demos yeah. or as many ICQs yeah. you can just go Especially you all know the little ones. Ones. yay yeah. great Get your whiteboards, yep. do this, you know. It's when they know, they're more comfy and you just, it flows better as mm. a teacher as well because you're just like, okay, slap the board time and then they know. And then, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like you said yeah. with the vocab, mm -hmm. yeah, you have different vocabulary. I usually, once we get into it, I will put harder rules in. Mm -hmm. I'll do like an extra rule. Like, mm -hmm. oh, so you know how we did it like this this time? Well, now yes. you actually yeah. have to run to the board and you yeah. know, just like, just do, change it yeah. up in little ways. Mm -hmm. I don't like to do the same activity like the next day or whatever. I will try and do like sort of opposite days. So mm -hmm. if I do these activities on this day, I won't do it the next day, but maybe I'll do it the day after as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not every single time, but they love change chairs. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yes. And it was actually, yes. I found really good for them speaking. Yep. They actually made their confidence levels come up because even the shy ones, when they didn't get a chair, they had to come up and speak. Yep. And they were just like, oh, I really love this game, so I yeah. want to say my part. So I actually found, even though that's more of a brain break, mm -hmm. I use it sometimes as a warm-up because I was like, okay, you have to say colours. Mm -hmm. You know, think everything has to be a colour. Everything has to be you have this, you know, if we're doing, we did a, you know, a class on technology. So it's like, you have to ask who has a phone, who has the computer. And I'd write up samples on the board of what they can say. Yeah. And they actually worked really great as a confidence booster and pronunciation. So I was like, I can actually use this as a warm up if I'm targeting language that they have to use as well. So I found that was really great. One. It's really nice to hear you guys like talking in depth about your teaching after three months you're now teachers you know and you can actually talk about that it's crazy yeah and just to uh, talk a little bit about what you like and don't like maybe about the teaching itself what would you say if we just quickly go around is your one favorite thing about teaching those kids honestly yeah. uh, they just the more you know what because I had the same kids you know for eight weeks straight and 
they just, you get to know them, you get to know the personalities, they get to really know you. I'll come in and they'll run up to me mm-hmm. and they will draw pictures of me. I have, I have like at least 20 <laughs> drawings of me at home. And whenever I do an activity or something, they'll, you know, have to do, they'll do what they have to do and then make one for me as well. You know, we had arts and crafts weeks. So I'm like, I made this bracelet for you. I made this for you. And when I'm leaving and all the kids are in the lobby, I'll be, you know, leaving after teaching my last class. And they're all, Ruby, Miss Ruby. <laughs> and I'm like, bye, bye. And they just, yeah, they just yeah. want to touch you. And I was like, oh, this is just so, uh, it feels so rewarding. And, uh, you know, my more confident students will just want to, like, start chatting to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just feels so good. Even though sometimes I have no idea what they're saying. I was like, oh, really? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when I'm uh, walking outside and they're getting on the back of their parents' bikes, they're like, that's Miss Ruby. Bye, Miss Ruby. I'm like, bye. And their parents are like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, you know, you really feel like a teacher when you get that connection. That was one of the things I've always loved, you know, about dance teaching because mm. you're with them and with dance teaching it's so physical and they really admire you because um they always want to they want to be like you um as a dancer like, oh i want to be as good as you one day and it's the same with teaching english because they just they see you speaking so fluently it's like yeah well i know you're teaching me this and i want to be able to talk to you because i admire you and i respect you and i want to talk to you so i really want to learn this language and so yeah it just feels really rewarding which mm. is one of the things, one of the reasons why I want to be an ESL teacher. I agree as well with um, the rewarding thing. Um, also, because I think looking back, when it's your first day and it's their first time seeing you, they're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think with also some of the things about being an ESL teacher, there is sort of a high turnover rate as well because some yeah. teachers aren't used aren't um, serious about it. So um, I think that once they realize that, okay, you're here, you're here and I'm seeing you all the time and it's consistency. Um, at first, you have students that are closed in and won't even speak in class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like last week this happened to me where I had two girls that never spoke a word. And so they have little diaries that I have to write like for the parents like saying, okay, she didn't really speak today, blah, blah. And so, when I taught them yesterday, they actually said vocabs, and I was like, oh my gosh, you could see the improvement. And I think as an ESL teacher, you come here so that you can make a difference in the country because they can't speak English, and they know that to have a higher education or want to go to a different country, they need to speak English, and they have to know the language, right? Mm-hmm. So just to see little kids, like even four or five-year-olds, yeah. like you see the improvement, and to me, that is the most rewarding thing, is just to see them speak something even if it's one or two words, you know? Yeah. It's, it's an improvement, and I can't even imagine what it's gonna be like six months down the road or something, yeah. you know? For me, it was, I had a breakthrough with one of my students, I think last week. Um, she's like the smallest in my teen class, and she doesn't speak at all. She didn't want to speak, she didn't want to say anything. Yeah. She refused to do any work, and then we were, I was teaching them sentences, and she came up, she put her hand up, and then she came to the front, and she wanted to say it to everybody, and I was like, Aww. I thought she was gonna come up and say something to me like she didn't want to like I don't know I thought she was gonna say something that she didn't want to be here or something she didn't look happy and then she came to the front of the class and she like said the sentence for everybody and I was so happy um so yeah and the little ones I love teaching like the youngest so they're like four to five years old and 
they're just really fun. <laughs> they're crazy. They're yeah. insane. <laughs> a lot of energy, right? A lot of yeah. energy. Like the little girls are my favorite because they listen to me. The little boys. So I had a class yesterday, and I I made them sit so sit nicely where they have to sit like this yeah. for five minutes because they just wouldn't listen to me, and I was just like, yeah. sit nicely, or you're not. We're not going to move on. Or we're not going to do the next thing, which was like a dance. And they were just like they they're so fidgety, which I understand. I've got nieces <laughs> and nephews and stuff, but. They're on a whole. Other <laughs> yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's insane. I had a teen class, and I think the youngest in that class is. Oh, she's not a teenager. She's actually 11. She's really smart. Her English is really good. And she drinks like three cups of coffee oh, during the class. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Can you stop that? She brings in. I kept telling her, I was like, it's really bad for you. Like, you shouldn't do that and everything. She was like, I need it, and like even oh. the TA, even the TA, even the TA was like she's addicted to coffee. Like, oh my god! Yeah, this is a class like I'm taking over from a Vietnamese teacher, and he's been there for like the last four weeks with him. He's like she's like that every class, but she's really smart. Like she's she has a lot of energy, and now I know why. Like, she, and it's instant coffee, so she'll like bring out her little thing, and she'll like. Yeah. Even the kids drink the energy drinks, yeah, like Sting and Red Bull, yeah, yeah. Not, not so good. One thing I've noticed uh, just from the, the few months that I've been working with Ninja Teacher mm -hmm. is that during solo teaching and teaching practices, you really don't know what you're about to walk into, and so it's really overwhelming for some people, and you have to. I think that it's a good thing because it teaches people that you need to be flexible and adaptable. Yeah. Um, but it's really good to hear you guys talk about how once you actually start working and start building relationships with your students, mm -hmm. how different it is when you're with the same class yeah. and the progress that you see made. These classroom management techniques are really important too. Yeah. And that's, you know, I would say one of the challenges of teaching is controlling a class of kids. What would you say some of the others are that you specifically have found? and even stuff that you don't necessarily like about teaching, either one. I feel hypocritical because I'm trying to like, you have to speak English. And it's like, can you speak Vietnamese? I'm like, oh really, they no. say that to you? Yeah, my wow. older kids are just like, teacher, do you speak Vietnamese? I was like, I just feel you're uh, in an English. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I I'm like, uh, two words. Good <laughs> <laughs> Start listing up all the food that you know. No, I literally, I to one of my students we'll have in like drawing time and the kid was like teacher can you speak Vietnamese I was like I know three words and then she's like oh what are they and then I'd say them and she's like what and I was like yeah. oh. I was like getting schooled by my student yeah. I just felt so hypocritical because I'm like you're not pronouncing it correctly you know it is bicycle and they're just like well you can't even say the or whatever you know? <laughs> yeah so that's one thing I feel really bad I just really wish um, you know even like been looking into teaching beat like uh, sorry learning Vietnamese it's just difficult it's just really difficult it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and when you're spending a lot of energy lesson planning and doing you know it's really hard to be like I gotta focus and I want to learn this especially when they make it so easy for you yeah. to like get by without really knowing any Vietnamese some schools Quite offer easy. it, like the US yeah. offers the so I definitely, lessons, so I'm, um, looking, you should look into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does help a lot too when you just feel like you know some of the language mm -hmm. and you can yeah. at least show that to locals. It shows you care to the kids. Yeah. What I find challenging is, I think it's just, like I said before, in the beginning when you're trying to get to know um, the dynamic of your class, but just even individually mm -hmm. your students. Yeah. 
sometimes for me, what's frustrating is um, if I'm teaching them, I wear a t-shirt, but they keep saying, I am a t-shirt. Uh, and you're like, no, I wear a t-shirt. Well, but where, right? So you're, and they're, they just can't get it. Mm. And you're just like, hey, am I a terrible lazy. teacher? Am right? I a bad teacher? Mm. Sometimes when you, you have good days and you have bad days, I don't yeah. know what you guys feel like. Definitely. Sometimes I just can't get um, the lesson across. But mm. also like when you think about um, Vietnamese students, they have school Monday to Friday, mm. and then they have extra English lessons either in the evenings or on the weekends. Well, if you have a class that starts at eight in the morning with little kids, Sometimes I have to kind of remind myself that, you know what, it's, it's not always you, like maybe it's just a bad day and you just have to kind of just forget about it, move on and then try again because yeah. you're going to be seeing them a lot. So they're bound to, to do something. So yeah. as, as nice as it is that you see the improvement, sometimes I think the cruddy part about it is that you're not seeing the improvement fast enough and then you kind of just, you're a little bit hard on yourself to, to be like, wait. Mm. You can't really be too. Right? You only yes. see them once a week sometimes, yeah. so like it's not. That's the thing. If they too. don't get it that week, you can. I always yeah. recap it because they'll yeah. probably forget. And you have to think too, like if you only see them once or twice mm. a week, and then you're teaching them like X amount of vocabularies or phrases, they're not gonna remember it. Because when I was a kid, if I'm a, if I'm only doing even like one hour of geo, mm. like Monday, and then the next day you're reviewing what you learned the day before mm -hmm. you don't even remember because yeah. you have so many subjects and then add on an extra english class so i guess that's kind of how you have to think about it yeah. is if you have bad days don't let it kind of um don't question yourself mm -hmm. just don't let it ruin your confidence because i think as a new um, esl teacher we kind of were a little bit too hard because we want it so badly to be perfect but it's not and like my first week of teaching when you're fine after induction and you get your first class you're just like oh my gosh that was the worst class ever like I could have done this I could have done that but it all goes with time mm -hmm. and I don't know like I think like you know how some English teachers are just like oh lesson planning it's no big deal you could just think about it like like <laughs> this I was like I'm still waiting for the day where I'm just like this because yeah. it's not there yet but I could see it getting easier and I could see myself getting used to what it's like, but even the working environment, because that's also kind of not really a um, learning curve, but it is something to get used to because it's very different from where I'm from, right? I'm sure it's the same thing with you what guys. What ways like, um, found it being different? Um, just like obviously the language barrier. So if I was talking to my CM or central manager, um, you think you're on the same page, but then you're not, mm -hmm. or maybe there's a little bit of a miscommunication. Yeah. Um, I also find that. Um, there's less communication between, um, I would say, HR and central managers. So sometimes it's like, how can I say this? Sometimes you talk to your central manager who you see all the time, and then you guys are on the same page, um, and then you talk to higher up, which is like, I don't know. Who, manager, yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and then they're like not aware of what's going on, and you're yeah. just like, wait, why are you asking me? Like, you should be asking them. I don't know, it's just, mm. but that's not really at all. It doesn't always feel so structured. Yeah. And like, it's just, as a Western me, job would have these, you know, these strict lanes. I think it depends on the school. Well. I would say yeah. it's just yeah. a communication between just the actual company and just making sure everything's yeah. ran smoothly. Yeah. After working at several different companies teaching yeah. here, I think that's something that's very consistent yeah. is that there's always going to be some sort of disconnect or some yeah. sort of 
of breaking communication and yeah. you kind of just have to get used to your specific center and yeah. the way that they their style of management yeah. is um, but it's definitely tricky like that's yeah. that's one thing I think whenever you start any job here, mm -hmm. for the first couple of weeks, you're gonna feel like you have no idea what you're doing, like you have no idea who you can talk to for support, or that there's a lot of just confusion and general like issues. Yeah. But once you make it through that first couple of weeks, you figure out, um, you know, kind of the way that it works, mm -hmm. and you kind of find your groove, even with the way that you're teaching your classes and what yeah. you expect. Organization can be a big thing. It's yeah. a lot of schools, yeah. Nice chaos. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had an issue with my, when we were out for dinner once, I got a call oh, saying, oh, you have a class tonight. <laughs> Where are you? And I was in D1 in like, on the other side of the city. In the middle of dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't. Because you check. So basically our schedules are updated on Saturdays at 12. And so I checked it and I printed it out. So I had proof that there was no <laughs> class on a Wednesday at like 6 p.m. And then she was like, okay, we'll get someone to cover it. And then I checked my schedule again and it was removed. And then I emailed her with like all my receipts. I was like, I printed it out on this day. Like you said, it, like maybe it's my, I misunderstood. Like try not to be too, like it's not my fault. Yeah. Like, um, and she was like, oh no, no, it's our mistake. Normally if we do do, we do put an extra class in after Saturday, we call you a couple days before mm. to make sure you can take it. And we did that. So okay. take it out which was good because then I booked off um, Tuesdays and uh, sorry Wednesdays and Thursdays so now they're definitely my weekend that's definitely my weekend now because they were going to put another class in one of those days so yeah there's two days in a row in Vietnam are, like everyone wants to get yeah. that because sometimes you only get one full day right yeah, yeah. so I was quite happy about that so, I mean that's definitely yeah and as far as the communication so because I was doing a summer camp summer school Another thing, what we're talking about, challenges that the students want to have their summer break. They've literally mm. just finished school, all their exams, straight into summer school, five days a week. Mm -hmm. You know, they're there from seven to five. Yes, yeah, like long days mm -hmm. after just being in school yeah. and also okay. doing English classes, just no break. So that was hard getting because I just want to be out and playing. Mm. But what was great about it is that we did excursions every single week. We did something That'd really fun, fun. Yeah, there's a lot of activities. Fun. But it was funny with uh, talking about the communication, we'd all get sent, so all the Vietnamese teachers and TAs and me, we'd get sent the schedule for our excursion in Vietnamese. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. And so then I would email him back, sort of the head, the head teacher. I'm like, hey, um, thank you. Do you reckon you, you could uh, you know, send me a copy in English? And they're just like, uh, most of the time he's like oh yes yes sorry I'm just very busy I'll get around to it and I was like because they'll send it at the start of the week and then I'll just email straight away yeah but some of the times he just never replies <laughs> and so I have to get one of my TAs and I'm quite close with one of my TAs because yeah. he was like really good in my class um, so we, and we got along really well so we we're just like on Facebook and stuff and I was like hey so you know this excursion <laughs> would you mind give me a rough translate of what I, where I need to be and when <laughs> Because actually he even took it upon himself, like, oh, so do you know what we're doing on Friday? I was like, well, I got it in Vietnamese. Uh, <laughs> so not really. Yeah, not at all. And then he would just like lay it out for me. So he's already done it for me without even asking all the time. But it was funny because I just finished last week. Friday was the last day and we did this big water park excursion. And, I'd, and he'd actually sent the excursion details the week before. And I emailed him and he obviously had just not seen it. And 
and then like the day before I was like well I still haven't going to reply I'm just going to ask my TA mm -hmm. and uh, he was at university because he does teaching during the university at night and he's like yeah I'll get around to it just like um, I will be a bit late but I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I can he's like cool I really just need the timing details mm -hmm. and he's like all right so we're leaving at 7 a.m. and I was like well, I'm glad I well, I'm glad I asked. Otherwise, I would have just rocked up at eight o'clock, you know, eight thirty when I usually do a class, and just I would have missed it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a really big thing to forget to mention. A lot of last-minute stuff yeah. and last-minute changing of yeah. classes, which is yeah. you know not great if you've planned around yeah. that. What's funny is that he he told me, yeah, make sure you're there by seven. I'm there like ten and to no one seven. Else is. I'm there, yeah. yeah. No one rocks up till seven thirty. Yeah. I've been there since ten to seven. Yep. Just like I'm ready. I'm here. You said seven. I'm here early, and yeah. no one's even there except the cleaner. I'm like. <laughs> just me and the cleaner That's hanging so out That's for so half true. an hour, 40 minutes rather, yeah. and I see um, Leon walk in and I was like, you told me seven, and it's like, quarter to eight now, <laughs> it was just so funny because I set my alarm for, you know, 6.30, I'm like, wow. yep. <laughs> Is your job hourly or salary? Salary. Okay, yeah. so like it's kind of calculated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.